Hey, I'm Maggie, and you're listening to the Planetarian Life Podcast. Each week, we meet here to share our passion for plant-forward cooking, our concerns about climate change and the earth, and to discuss how together we can align our daily actions with our hopes for the future. Being a planetarian is fun, delicious, and soul-satisfying, and we're here to keep you inspired. And this week, I'm really excited um, because the day that this uh, episode airs, it will be Mother's Day. And I thought we should talk to mothers. And I recently uh, joined forces with an organization called Mothers Out Front. And they have a local chapter called uh, Westchester River Towns. And I connected with these two amazing women, Sarah Smiley and Amy Hill, who lead up this chapter of Mothers Out Front, which is um, a climate action organiza- organization mobilizing for a livable future and obviously focused on creating a livable future for our kids. And I personally find it really helpful to talk to other mothers specifically, which is why I wanted to join Mothers Out Front because um, I often feel like I walk around um, like in schools or at daycare and communities where I'm like, how is no one else freaking out about this? Cause I am freaking out about this. Um, so I wanted to start, first of all, thank you guys for, um, coming on today. And I, I wanted to start by asking you kind of like what your moment was where you were like, okay. I, Cause I feel like everyone has this moment, everyone who's involved in climate action where you're just, where you just feel like you can't stand by anymore. And I wonder if you could share what that moment was for you. Sure. Hi, this is Sarah. I'll, I'll jump in first. Um, and then thanks so much for having us on. It's really great to be talking with you today. Um, so I think um, there had been sort of a while in my life when the concern was sort of simmering about climate change. Um, definitely like when I was in college and post-college. Um, but I wasn't really doing anything about it, to be honest. I wasn't like active in any organizations um, and uh, didn't really make it a priority in my life to do something. Then um, there was an article in Rolling Stone magazine by Bill McKibben, who founded 350.org. Mm. He talked about the math of climate change. Mm-hmm. It was very scary. And because it really just laid it out in like, um, like in a very factual way, like what is happening and what is going to happen. And it made it clear, like, this isn't something you could just avoid thinking about or avoid doing something about. Um, so that's when I really started thinking like, okay, I have to participate in some way. What year Um, was this? So that was in 2012. So you were already a mother at this point. So no, I became a mother the following year, but I Uh. knew motherhood would be but, you know, soon approaching, or that was the plan. Yeah. So it was definitely, you know, in my mind, I'd gotten married um, the year before. And it was definitely like, oh, my God, if I want to have children, I have to think about what their future is going to look like. Mm-hmm. This is a major problem. Um, and, you know, and I had a lot of guilty feelings about it, too, like bringing children into such an uncertain world. Um, but it motivated me to do something about it. So I started going to like uh, the, there was a big rally in DC for the Keystone XL pipeline. There was a People's Climate March in uh, oh, yeah. 2014. This was after my son was born. There, I saw an email from Sierra Club 
and it said, we're planning this climate march in September 2014. Do you want to help us organize for that? And I was like, sure. So I emailed the person that was, it was just like a newsletter from Sierra Club. So I reached out to um, this guy, Dan, who was organizing it. And I suddenly was on this team of people recruiting other people to come to this big climate movement rally, uh, which turned out to be really huge. Um, and so that kind of set the stage for my getting involved like in an organizing fashion. Um, but yeah. it was really like knowing that I was going to have children and having my first child that like made me feel like it wasn't a choice anymore. It wasn't something I could sit out from. I had to actually do something. Yeah. Yeah. It was the exact same for me, except for it took until I had my second child that my climate anxiety just like reached really, it was all part of my kind of postpartum process of like being awake in the middle of the night, nursing and just thinking about my kids and their future. And that really made it clear to me that just sitting, sitting on the sidelines wasn't an option anymore. And then I just sort of dove headfirst into it. Um, mm -hmm. What about what about you, Amy? What was your kind of moment? Um, so I don't know if I have a specific moment to share, but um, it was more like a general buildup. But I've always been interested in nature and the environment and had a concern about environmental issues, but I was more scattered and like, oh, I work in the school, like, let me help them get recycling started here, mm -hmm. more efficiency and less waste and those types of things. Um, but then when I met Sarah, and she educated me a lot about um, fossil fuels and climate action and where the largest sources of emissions are coming from and where we can really have the most impact, she really helped to like shift my mindset on where to channel that energy. Uh -huh. um, but for me, it was a little bit opposite of what you both had mentioned, though, with um, becoming a mom. I, I had my first child in 2015 and then the end of 2016, my second child. And, um, you know, I would read article after article in the news of like climate climate this, climate that, and like, we must act now, we must act now, and then read all these other articles of like, the politicians did not pass this bill, or, yeah. you know, this is, they're drilling here, and, you know, it would just be so upsetting and discouraging, and I felt so helpless, because I was, you know, home with two kids, and exhausted and busy, but I was like, I need to do something, and I just didn't know where to channel that energy, um, and then when I moved up to Tarrytown and met Sarah and some other moms with you know similar concerns and interests um and learned about mothers out front it was like oh here's like i i felt prior to meeting um the volunteers at mothers out front that like i could do something at that stage of my life where i was sleep deprived and 24 7 with my kids and didn't really have any dedicated time that i could specifically say yes i can commit to being here at this time and in this place, but because it was an organization that embraced mom's lifestyles mm -hmm. um, and was flexible with how you can get involved and things you could do on your phone or things you could do at night or jump onto the Zoom meeting or show up to this event with your kids or there's childcare at this meeting available. It was like, oh, wow, I actually like, not only can I make this work with mom life right now um, and work life, but also there. Um, encouraging to use that power of your mom voice and mm. that's a really important tool for taking action and getting things done and influencing um, politicians and decision makers in this so um, so that's kind of how things started 
for me with Mother's Out Front. Yeah. I love that. It really shows that like you can come at it. There's no one story. Everybody comes to this place of action from perhaps a different perspective or a different, for a different reason. Um, I've only recently moved to the area. Although as I, as I mentioned, and I'll say again, Mothers Out Front is a national organization with dozens of chapters. So anybody can probably find a local group to get involved with. Um, but I've only recently moved to the area and gotten involved. Um, and already I can see what kind of action that we're taking. But for people who are curious, what does it look like to be involved in a climate organization? Because I, I think for some people, it might the idea of it might feel quite radical or quite like, oh, I don't, they may not associate themselves as being an activist type yet or um, somebody who's taking action in this way. So I wonder if you could share with people what it looks like to be involved with an organization like Mothers Out Front. Like what kind of things are you doing and would people participate in? Sure. Well, I think that's one of the beautiful things about Mothers Out Front is that there's a lot of flexibility. It's not like you're saying, okay, you need to commit this number of hours per month or per week. It's whatever interests you, whatever time and availability and skill you have, we'll take it and we'll work around it. And you can attend meetings. You could show up with your family to some of the more family-friendly events. You can design a flyer. Um, you can help with behind-the-scenes planning. You could help with social media. Like, There's just so many different ways that you can do things, some physically present in the moment and some through technology and some through like some people have never come to a meeting but have helped to make flyers for events that we have or um, gather materials for some of the events or do the artwork for the posters so there's like a ton of different ways to get involved and um, we also totally understand as moms and caregivers that life changes and one month you may have some downtime and the next month you might be totally swamped. Mm -hmm. So we try to keep it really open-minded and flexible and just work with whatever um, resources and time and interest that um, members have. And we also try to stress that like there is no experience needed. Mm -hmm. I have no environmental background and I, Sarah knows a lot more of the legislation and the technicalities of the science behind it I've been learning mm -hmm. through this volunteer process but I have no real deep um, understanding or background but what I do know is that this is important and that my voice as a concerned citizen and as a mother is still important and valuable even if you aren't an expert in the topic and we try to share that with people so that um, they don't feel intimidated to speak up just because they're not an expert in the topic otherwise um, there's very few people that would be able to do that and not nearly as much would be able to get done. That's such a great point because I feel like so many people feel like they don't know enough about climate change or about the science or, as you said, about the legislation. So they just feel like there's no entry point for them. But there's there's entry points for everyone. And being part of this of this movement and being part of these communities is a way to to get education um, from your, from your friends, from your peers, um, Sarah, uh, so what were you going to say, Sarah? Oh, well, I was just going to clarify. I'm not an expert either. Um, but I just don't want to give the wrong impression. Um, but I, I completely agree. And there's, um, and there are plenty of ways to be involved and, you know, 
there's also a range of things that we as a group get involved with. So, um, you know, we help try and facilitate change on an individual level because uh, that's on often like the first point of entry for people. Like, what can I do in my household to do some to make a change? Um, the overall goal, though, is to see like collective change. You know, it's more on a like government policy changes, but it sometimes takes those first steps to you know get people into it. Um, but even at those higher levels of um, change that we're trying to achieve, you still don't need to be an expert, you know, on either the technical stuff or the, you know, on policy issues, um, because what Mothers Out Front brings to the table is the fact that we are all, most of us moms who are very concerned about this and we're, and we vote and that's what our power is. Um, and also just to be clear, you know, people who are not moms are also very welcome to participate in the group as well. Um, but, you know, it's also an opportunity to try on new things for people. Like, so maybe they've mm-hmm. never spoken at a town board meeting, or maybe they've never met with their elected official, but that's what our elected officials are there for. They're there to hear from us. So um, mm-hmm. it's a great opportunity to try out new things like that in a very supportive um, environment, you know, where you're with a group of peers who are also, you know, care about the same things. Um, and, you know, we've had people speak at, in public who haven't done that before. So that's like very exciting to see. Yeah. And certainly you guys really make it easy for people. Um, like the night that we had a, a meeting, um, and you gave us the phone numbers, the script, you know, what their names were. You helped us look up who our representatives were. If we didn't know, um, you, you really make the, the barrier to entry is so low and that anyone can participate. Yeah, no, that's the, that's the goal to make it as easy as possible. We know people, especially moms are just so busy and mm-hmm. uh, d- certainly don't have the time to like dive into like the details of all these things. But um, you know, whether it's making a quick call, you know, to the governor one week where you have a script and it's, you know, pretty very straightforward um, or if it's coming to a community event or um, going to a meeting once in a while, or as Amy said, like maybe just posting things online or helping mm-hmm. with the artwork for a flyer. That's all really helpful, important work that contributes to like the greater whole. Yeah, that's so, that's so important. And I think another, um, another piece of this that I find uh, really helpful is that it helps me to connect with a community that also cares about, about climate, about the earth, about the environment. Um, whereas if you're just, you know, sort of a, a person, a mother taking action in your own home, in your own life, it can feel kind of isolating and connecting with other people who care about this has been incredibly important to my mental health and well-being on the, on the, the climate change, um, on the climate change front, you know, leading on from that, I, I wonder how participating in this movement and, and being connected with Mothers Out Front has changed you both um, in terms of um, your feelings about the, cli- the climate crisis or, or, or otherwise. One thing you and Amy alluded to this earlier, too, about like reading all these depressing articles, you know, and feeling helpless about it. Um, having that connection to other people is so important um, to having hope that things are getting done. Um, and it's so on an individual level, I think, um, 
you know, when you actually see results from things we're doing as a group, that's like incredibly, um, like empowering and encouraging and being part of an organization that's also in touch with many other organizations, right? It's not just mothers out front doing this. There are tons of environmental groups out there and New York state has a lot of active, uh, environmentalists, which is wonderful. Um, so you, you don't just see what we're doing. We see what all these other groups are doing and what we do in coalition together. So mm. it's very encouraging to see like, um, you know, New York state has made a lot of strides in terms of, uh, environmental policy that would not have happened without the work of all these groups. Um, so you actually see like the impact of what we're doing and, um, it also kind of, you're also just very busy. So you don't have as much time to dwell on, uh, things feeling hopeless, you know, cause you're just yeah. doing something, which is great. Yes. It was really interesting. A few weeks ago, I went to, um, the, the press conference for the Indian point. Um, for those of you who don't live in, um, in our area, um, Indian point is a nuclear power plant that's been decommissioned and they're proposing the, the organization, the group that's uh, been tasked with decommissioning the power plant is suggesting that the best way to deal with a million gallons of radioactive waste is to dump it into the Hudson river. And, um, obviously a lot of people have a lot to say about that. And I was at the press conference. I went as a representative of Mothers Out Front, but there was about nine other organizations represented there, um, as well as sort of bipartisan local elected officials. And I, I felt so good about that to be there with so many people. It's not just us working on this, definitely not just us working on this, but all these other groups as you say, kind of joining forces and creating a coalition. And really, I mean, I know that they've, they delayed dumping this water into the Hudson. It was supposed to be happen like right now, like maybe last weekend, and they've delayed it till August um, and hopefully forever. But I, I know for a fact that our work together has, has made an impact. Yes, for sure. That's a great example. I mean, um, and this was really something that's has such immediate environmental concern to people. Yes. Um, cause sometimes it's harder to convey the impact of things that are a little bit farther removed, even though they are like, yes. some of the state policy we help advocate for. It is harder sometimes to relate to your everyday life, you know, even though it's about phasing out fossil fuels. Um, but, and we all, I mean, everyone who lives here loves the Hudson river and we want to protect it and preserve it so that our kids can enjoy it. Yes. And it's both and though too, right? It's local, you know, local environmental and climate issues and, and national and global. It's all, it's all three. Yes, no, absolutely. And people can play a part in all of that. Um, yeah. So it's, uh, to me, it's sort of a balance. Like you want to show people how much is getting done because of, you know, our group and so many other groups. Um, and everyone should do something, <laughs> you know, don't yeah. leave it up to yes. any other group. Don't leave it up to, um, even just knowing mothers out front is working on it, you should get involved. You know, you should, even if it's a small thing, everyone can do something to uh, play a part in it. Yeah. Amy, what about you? Um, do you feel like you've been changed by this experience? Um, I think the primary change is that it shifts from having climate anxiety into climate productivity, <laughs> climate action, where instead of you know, it's just channeling that concern into meaningful actions. And, you know, it's been a bumpy road. We've had ups and downs with successes and um, different things. But overall, instead of 
um, having unproductive concern about it, it makes me yes. feel that we're, we're getting things done. And um, yeah. And as you both said that, like, there's a community of people that you bond and connect with through it and support each other through. And I think also another component is um, feeling that you're also giving a voice to people who are in more environmental justice areas who are more directly immediately mm-hmm. being impacted by climate change right now that are more you know forced into being into survival mode that can't be out there doing this advocacy um and the you know i think a general sentiment of mothers out front is yes we care about our children's future but this is really to protect all children um especially the ones who are in the most vulnerable mm-hmm. settings that's right such now. a good point amy the other thing i would add um you know for anyone who's thinking about getting involved with the climate organization i have found that since i started participating with these groups that it is participating um and joining and taking part in these actions has helped like assimilate um climate action into like a part of who I am, not just something that I do, but it has become more part of who I am for some reason. I don't know. Maybe it's like, you know, people who are people who are really into CrossFit or people who are really into, (laughs) um, their, you know, after work baseball league or whatever. It's like when you show up and participate in something, it really becomes part of who you are. And I think, that's been a, that's been a big change for me from just being somebody who's doing things in my own life and in my own community to, um, to really feeling like this is kind of something that people know about me and something that I know about myself. I'm not even going to ask, do you talk to your kids about climate change? Because I know that you do and must, because you know, these are things that come up in our households. Like when we do this work, and so I wonder, I wonder how you have broached these conversations with, with your kids. Yeah, I think it's very important, especially with younger kids, that the topic is very positive and the emphasis more is on a love of nature and a, a love of the planet and seeing the beauty in different things and really instilling that in children. and teaching them that they have a role in helping to protect this and to, um, you know, we don't necessarily engage in scary talk about, you know, fossil fuels and um, what will the world look like when you're an adult? And, you know, I mean, that those conversations can become more relevant with older children and teenagers. And there's kind of a transition into that. But I think mostly for young children, um, from my view, and I think a lot of um, the volunteers on the team share a similar sentiment that it's more about that love of um, nature and the environment and how everybody has a responsibility and a role and how to yes it's the focus is on being good stewards of the earth and teaching them the things that are harmful to the earth versus the things that are healing to the earth right and specific actions that they can take at this stage of their lives that help to um, to do that. And sometimes it's advocacy. I talk a lot with my kids about 
the importance of, yeah, we need to go speak to that mayor and tell them that we, we want to make sure that the river is clean and that we want to, we go, you know, and clean up by the lake here and pick up the garbage at your playground in school. And, but that advocacy is important. And, um, but also the small things of like, when you see garbage, when you're out um, playing soccer, like that, you pick it up and you help to, mm-hmm. to clean up. Mm-hmm. Sarah, what about you? Where are you on these conversations with your kids? So uh, similarly to, to Amy, I, I think I, I never even really used the word climate change um, with them. Like I never really brought it up that way. Um, I've always talked about uh, we need to take care of the planet. We need to take care of the earth. Um, you know, it provides for us. So we need to take care of it. And so all of our actions have to, you know, not harm it. Um and, you know, and they pick things up along the way, obviously, beyond what I'm telling them. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, so they know, like, well, we separate our food scraps at home because that's better for the planet than throwing it in the garbage. Um, so they learn these very, like, hands-on immediate things. Um, and they also see me going out and doing advocacy stuff, like what Amy was saying. So they, they see that part of it, too. Um, and then my son, uh, who's nine, like, he has learned more about uh, climate change just through, you know, exposure to people in school and things like that. So he is more aware. Um, but yeah, try and uh, focus. And they, they know that like fossil fuels are bad. <laughs> like they've picked that up. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so they know that that gas is bad. Um, but uh, yeah, like framing it all in like, what is our responsibility? What can we be doing? And, um, and trying to, you know, connect them to nature and, uh frame in a very like positive light. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. I mean, once, once your kids start reading, I feel like you lose a little bit of that, not control, but you know, when they're younger and not yet reading, you can control the narrative a bit more. Um, but I had the experience of purchasing, um, a beautiful new, uh, encyclopedia Britannica, sort of like the 2021 version of the Encyclopedia Britannica. And I gave it to my son and he was excited about it and tore through it. And then he got to this large and very detailed, I mean, it's for children, um, but large and very detailed section on climate change. Um, and which I didn't, you know, I should have perhaps, you know, better better vetted the book before I just passed it over to him. But that kind of like opened the door. I mean, it wasn't um, like a terrifying doom and gloom uh, apocalyptic uh, story that was being told there, but it was definitely more than I was quite ready for him to learn. But even if we're like at a restaurant and there's a TV that, you know, has subtitles or the newspaper or just things on, I mean, he doesn't, he's not like online, so to speak, but I just feel like he's picking up more and more. And, um, it becomes challenge. It becomes challenging to talk about. That's part of our work as mothers is just walking, walking alongside with our children and and helping and helping them to understand this in a way that's as like as we aspire to be, like productive and hopeful and optimistic. Yeah, no, I agree, and it, it's um, you know, making it sort of a constructive conversation about like all the good things that we're doing and can can mm-hmm. more we can be doing. I think is the right approach, and yeah, it is. It's an upsetting topic to really, if you're really going to dive into it, and um, you know, I th- I think children, depending on their age, should be protected from, you know, yeah, that kind of uh, 
scary scenario. And yeah, uh, I think it's just important that we're doing everything we can to avoid that scenario happening for them. Yeah. But I, I mean, I'm sure that well, I won't speak for either of you, but for me, a good a good bit of the reason that I do this work is because I don't want my kids to ever look at me and ask me like what how did you know that this was happening and you didn't do more or you didn't we didn't do anything as a family like why wasn't this something that we talked about or took action on at an earlier time um i i feel i feel better like i feel like i can sleep better because partly um, because I'm doing something uh, myself and for my own sort of peace of mind and for my own sense of doing what's right and standing up for what I believe in and for the future that I hope for, but also so that when my kids do start to understand in like a bigger way what this all means, that that they know that their father and I and our like my larger family, of course, I've roped them all into this too, <laughs> um, that they know that we that we did what we could. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I've, speaking for me personally, I've had the same exact thought, you know, like, I want them to, I want to be able to say, like, I've been doing everything I can, or as much as feasibly I can. Yeah. Um, and just to sort of uh, weave it into like their lives, um, that this is something we're all doing together. Yeah. Right. No, that's great. I think that's so great that you're not only taking action with your immediate family, but that you're getting the word out. And um, one of the founders of Mothers Out Front, I remember her speaking about that to us one time saying that like, one of the main goals of Mothers Out Front is not just doing these immediate actions that we're working on, but it's about you're telling a few friends and then they're telling you friends and we're getting this conversation out there and going and also teaching the next generation about to, for, to make them to feel empowered that they can um do something about this but that the more and that's why it's so wonderful that you have this podcast with you know so many great topics related to this that the more we take over so many people and you know myself included for a long time it just feels like such an overwhelming daunting topic that you just don't even know where to begin and um that talking about it like this and learning about specific things that you could do in your own life and in advocacy work is, is so important to normalize yeah. that and to make it more accessible. Absolutely. And what would you, you know, what would you say to people who are listening and who are kind of people ranging from sort of concerned to alarmed who haven't yet kind of stepped into the ring to, to take action? What, what would your words to them be? What would your what would your encouragement be? I think I would say that it's really just, it's another way to enrich your life by doing mm. something that, it, you know, really it increases your connections with other people in your community. Um, it could be a lot of fun. It's, um, and it's just a way to get more peace of mind. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that I, the messages that I really try to, um, to push with planetarian life is that I think that there's this misconception that living in a way that heals the earth, um, is somehow a sacrifice or less than the life that you might otherwise be living. But ever since I really started, um, making changes in my own life and getting involved in advocacy work and really taking action 
outside of my own home, my life feels better than it did before. And not just because I have peace of mind. I actually feel like we are living a better, more meaningful, um, more purpose-filled life, if that makes sense. Absolutely. That's great. Yeah, well said. And um, I think to add to that is sometimes just, you know, people are feeling so overwhelmed with life that it feels so hard to fit anything else in. But um, that's why we really try to personalize it and find ways that work for you. Um, but also, we really try to make it fun wherever possible. Like, for example, the induction cooking event that we have coming up this week, like, you know, it's a great way to socialize and, you know, have a drink and um, get a cooking lesson from a top chef while also learning about ways that you can have a healthier home and a more environmentally friendly home through induction cooking. Um, and, you know, that doesn't have to be the only strategy, but it's just kind of planting the seed for things that you can do in your own home and um, and some other strategies for it. But we try to, you know, for policy night, we try to make it pizza and policy and movie night for the kids or um, yoga and climate action. So we try to make it where you're not just feeling totally burnt out, but that it also is there's a social and self-care component Absolutely. I mean, when I came to the pizza and policy night, I practically had to like drag my kids out, like kicking and screaming because they didn't, they didn't want to leave. Um, (laughs) I was having fun. They were having fun. And, um, and so if, so if people want to get involved with mothers out front, do we just, do they just head to the website? What is the instructions for, for getting connected? reach out to either of us um through our email um sarah i'll let you add i can link in the comments the best but- one to use for right now we had some email problems but we're also um we're on social media so you can follow us on facebook um mothers out front westchester river towns and also on instagram and twitter if you search by mothers out front westchester river towns um but yeah we love to connect with new people and um for you to follow and like us and often what we try to do if somebody is interested just to have like a one-on-one either phone conversation with them or you know meet at a coffee shop and just get to know them a little bit better and share a little bit more about what we do yeah that's great um and we do as you said for the pizza and policy night we do try and incorporate snacks whenever possible that to me is a big, big selling point. <laughs> always must be snacks 80 <laughs> percent. I, I swear i feel like 80 percent of being a mom is just like having snacks and water, just remembering <laughs> snacks and water. It's like, if I could exactly. do that, the day goes pretty smoothly. <laughs> Anytime I forget the snacks or forget the water, it's just like a mess. <laughs> and for our contact, I'll just add that if you do go to the Mothers Out Front website, um, you can find our team page, the Westchester River Town oh, team. And that also, um, I believe, has links to our like social media handles and an email address that they can also use to get in touch. Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you guys so much. This is, this has been wonderful and inspiring. And I, and I hope really gives encouragement to our listeners. Mothers are not, as you said, like it doesn't have to be mothers out front, you know, if that doesn't feel like the right fit for you, but find a climate action group that you can connect with, um, and start taking action with that's, that's the assignment. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good one. That's yeah, the assignment. Perfect. And thanks so much for having us. It's so lovely to talk to you and really admire all the stuff 
that you do with your website and podcasts and just bringing this into people's everyday lives is wonderful. That's like the mutual admiration society. (laughs) Yeah, keep up the great work, Maggie. Thank you for having us. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you have a moment, we'd be so grateful if you'd rate the podcast and leave a review. Also, take a minute to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Planetarian Life. Head to planetarianlife.com for more recipes, inspiration, and to become a planetarian. See you next week.